0: Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to gov.com or visiting this episode's description.
1: Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov The Podcast.
0: This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the Need to Know Political News and Tea.
1: So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. Hope everyone had a lovely and fun and safe Halloween weekend. And there are seven days until the election. <laughs> Can if we... that's not spooky, I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, we did. This is it's officially November for those listening. And that's just crazy. The thing that's honestly freaking
0: me out, though, for then Election Day. Well, not really. Yes and no. Is now everyone's making all of the jokes about, like, Christmas season and, like, oh, like, break out the Mariah Carey. And I'm like, I'm still enjoying spooky season. And... That's just rude of the universe to want to move on from fun pumpkins, spookiness, two-story skeletons. I mean, there's just so much Halloween still to be had. I love Halloween. So this is just, yeah. it's always a devastating push-pull for me because
1: I- I like loving I don't Halloween. really love, yeah, like Halloween's, Halloween's, Halloween's great. Halloween gives and I just, me, socially, it gives me the same vibes as like New Year's kind of, but I do love oh. the like seasonal vibes. Like I love the decor. I love- okay. I love autumn and, but like the actual social part of Halloween and like dressing up, uh, it just isn't my, it's not my total vibe, but. I totally know what you mean
0: with like the New Year's thing. I will, for some reason, I have good luck with Halloweens. I'm mm-hmm. like, I think I've only had one
1: Halloween. I've been like, eh. I got it. A lot of people are into it. I support. I do love seeing people's costumes. What like, are you for
0: Halloween this year?
1: Adam Sandler. <laughs>
0: There it is, ladies and yeah, gents. I'm Adam that, Sandler is in I'm the that building. We actually, this is this is our special guest. Adam Sandler is here with us today. Do you have any yeah.
1: any words to say, Adam? Go vote, go, go Jets, Go vote. No, Jets. I don't have much to say, but yeah, I just like really wanted me and Max had to have no idea what to be, and then I saw someone wear like baggy clothes and call themselves Adam Sandler, and I'm like, that sounds like a great great thing i would is. love to wear baggy comfy clothes so that was what i was what were you
0: so okay so this is like a classic plans get like derailed situation so the day that i was going to like dress up we were like at a day drink that was like not dressed up i kind of like repeated one of the outfits from our shoot like the black dress white boot situation but it was like the first bar we were out like it just was like not a like costuming thing you know and mm-hmm. the plan was to go back and to put on set costumes but like you know how sometimes a day drink turns into an evening drink which turns into a different bar yeah I don't too. know why that would even be the plan it
1: was well okay the plan here, on like is, heading back to someone's house is always dangerous because you either like don't do it or you do it and then you like want to fall asleep a
0: thousand percent it just look best of intentions it is what it is so but because I was wearing that outfit I just called myself corporate cowgirl I was like, yeah, I'm just a carpet (laughs) cowgirl. That's smart, honestly. And then I probably, I think I told someone I'm just hot, so that feels pretty accurate
1: for me. Oh,
0: I should have said that
1: in my Adam Sandler outfit. If anyone (laughs) asked me, Um, what do you mean I'm a Victoria's Secret model? Have you ever seen one? Thank you. (laughs) Classic. Um, Well, okay, we have to end these stories. Let's talk about the top stories of the week. There are some spooky ones given the season. Mm-hmm. So we'll kick it off with the spookiest of them all, which is the attack at the Pelosi's house. This story is fucking crazy and so scary. And yeah, I just can't believe we're here. But nonetheless, the police in San Francisco said the assault of Paul Pelosi was intentional. The suspect identified as David Depop. Bay. I don't even know, but I don't care what, how to pronounce your name because you fucking suck. Um, he's 42. Is. He confronted Paul Pelosi in the family's Pack Heights home early Friday and demanded to know where is Nancy. By the way, this is a house that's literally three blocks from my house, which is fucking crazy. And so the two men struggled over a hammer. The guy came in with a hammer and attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. Also, I saw a story he, about like his injuries and he literally had to get surgery due. On a skull because he got fucking hit with a hammer wild. But anyways, they were struggling over a hammer before officers responded to a 911 call to the home, um, saw DePape strike Paul Pelosi at least once the police said, and then he was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder, elder abuse, and burglary. So the Justice Department charged the man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband with a pair of federal charges stemming from the Friday morning assault. San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins told reporters on Sunday that he will be charged with attempted murder, residential burglary, elder abuse, assault, with enhancement for a hot prowl allegation, which involves entering a home while someone is present. So the horror of this attack obviously has a lot of political implications. So members are asking new questions about their own personal safety, as they should. And the U.S. Capitol Police are actually conducting a review of security for top members and senators. And senior officials in the Capitol have sent out reminders of the services available to keep lawmakers and their families safe. But there are also GOP lawmakers and conservative figures who have posted Or retweeted some truly horrendous comments about what's looking more like a potential assassination attempt aimed at Pelosi. So the attacker was carrying zip ties and yelled, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? According to law enforcement officials and sources who have been briefed on the incident. These are, of course, flashbacks to the January 6th insurrection. Some supporters of former President Donald Trump carried zip ties and chanted the same thing about Pelosi as they sacked the Capitol. Many Democrats are upset over the silence from rank-and-file Republicans about Friday's attack. Democrats see the attack on Pelosi as another attack on the institution, and they believe Republicans should be just as upset as they are. Democrats also see GOP rhetoric, including the QAnon conspiracy embraced by numerous Republicans, as having played a part in radicalizing this man. So House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy called the assault on Paul Pelosi, quote, wrong in multiple interviews over the weekend. McCarthy noted that House Minority Whip Steve Scalise Scalise. Scalise? nearly died in a 2017 shooting while Rep. Lee Zeldin and Supreme Court Justice Justice Brett Kavanaugh were also targets of real or threatened violence this year. So, yeah, McCarthy, like RNC chair Ronna McDaniel, attempted to portray Friday's attack as part of a larger crime problem in the country, not as an act of political violence aimed at Pelosi or the end result of GOP efforts to demonize her. McDaniel, who is, again, that RNC chair, said, I think that's unfair. I think this is a deranged individual. You can't say people saying let's fire Pelosi or let's take back the House is saying go do violence. It's unfair. So she's basically saying it's unfair to say this was a this was political violence? Like, what?
0: So absurd. It's like, this is like, literally, like, like cookie-cutter political assassination attempt.
1: Where's Nancy? Where's you Nancy? Don't. Like, what? A thousand what? percent. You don't, and like, break into someone's home and have an intent to find someone specific, like— That's not what's happening here. But McDaniel criticized Democratic policies on crime, which Republicans have blamed for the rising violence nationwide seen since the 2020 social justice protests. If this weren't Paul Pelosi, this criminal would be out on the street tomorrow. I can't. The New York Times has a good story on the history of threats against Pelosi, and Republicans have actually spent tens of millions of dollars demonizing Pelosi in campaign ads over the last dozen years. And she has been the center of all their efforts to regain power in Washington. So... It's just wild because no matter what you think about Pelosi or even any, even on the other side, you know, the Brett Kavanaugh's of the world, it's like, obviously, this is never, ever okay. And for that not to be immediately shut down by the GOP, is really fucking scary. Like... A thousand percent. Because it becomes the
0: strategy of any means necessary. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I mean, this is so it's A, so horrible, Be so cut and dry of exactly what this is. Like, this is not a, like, let's PR this. If the the right, if we're going to PR this and anything, it should be saying that this is non-acceptable and absolutely shutting it down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I there's just, really- the whole thing is
0: really gross. Actually, you know who had a really good response this too is like Ben Sheehan had like a a tweet that he put up. up. He put up. He put up. it up. That was me. put it up. Poed up. Poed up. <laughs> Oh, my God. He was like, pay attention to which black did, which leaders in general say that this is not okay and which ones are silent because mm-hmm. that is going to be so indicative of their other behaviors, basically. And it's so true. Like, yeah, I, I just this could be like, it shouldn't matter what your affiliation is or, you know, what, you know, bill you pass or whatever violence as the reaction should never be it. and I also just feel like what McDaniel says too is just such BS. Like, yeah, trying to put "let's fire Pelosi" or "let's take back the House" in that same category—that's not what people are reacting to. That's not what causes no. someone like this to get radicalized and to also want to assassinate someone.
1: It's not yeah, and thing. also that group, that crowd, the January Six people, the QAnon people—like, they don't give. They honestly don't really give a fuck about who controls the House. Like, they are so deep no. in their conspiracies that, like, it's. They think it's much bigger than all of that. Like, they don't fucking, they, like, they're not the ones going out totally. and like registering voters. They have this whole other agenda that's really dangerous. And I think it also just like goes back to how much words matter and how much each party thinks so differently. And about that, like, Republicans like literally don't understand the implications and the weight that words carry. And like, well, I even I think they do. But they don't understand that if you don't shut it down completely, like, those groups, especially, like, this QAnon January 6th insurrectionist group of people in the country, like, they don't back down unless it's, like, Trump literally getting on Twitter or whatever the fuck he did to stop the insurrection. In order for the violence to stop, words really are going to matter. And especially from important people in the Republican Party, like— trump and like kevin mccarthy but obviously i don't trust either any of their attentions that they even give a shit like yeah so
0: no not at all and i also just think it like as a result though it becomes one of those things where you know saying nothing or not saying the right thing becomes the answer and i think i look at it very much as a um, further embrace of the january sixers by the establishment are you know republicans yeah and i think what's interesting too is it's like Okay, good luck. I mean, they're the QAnon people are going to eat you guys alive.
1: Like, I don't. Yeah, because they don't even give a shit about like. Again, they don't care about like party. They wanted to fucking hurt Mike Pence. If you're not on their page and you're not with their agenda, they're coming for totally. you. So. Right. Yeah, it's just really scary shit. But he is expected to make a full recovery. So thank God. Obviously, that's great. But this is something that I'm sure their family is going to be traumatized forever. I 1000%. can see that house going on the market shortly like that. I wouldn't be able to live yeah. in that house again. No, so that's true. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, wishing him and the fam as much recovery and peace and blessings as possible. And hopefully this does not continue to be a pattern and that we get some more security yeah. for our elected officials as
2: well. book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Well, next story is kind of related,
0: so... Totally. I mean, it's just a party of shit. It's basically what's happening. So, talking about Twitter. So, Elon Musk on Sunday tweeted a link to an unfounded rumor about the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, just days after Musk's purchase of Twitter fueled concerns that the social media platform would no longer seek to limit misinformation and hate speech. It's so funny how these things just really, you
1: know, go hand yep. in hand. When those predictions are just so right. Okay. This is what happens when right. we don't fucking hold shit accountable. We have misinformation. Like. This is what happens. And he's, and he's
0: such a conspiracy theorist himself, too. It's just like the whole thing is like,
1: yeah, uh, gives me the ick
0: as, as it should. But anyways, Musk's tweet, which he later deleted, linked to an article by a fringe website, the Santa Monica Observer, an outlet that has previously asserted that Hillary Clinton died on September 11th and was replaced with a body double. Now, that is an interesting conspiracy theory. You're <laughs> just going to shut that one down now. Also, this is just like one side note. And this is why it's always good to check your sources. Like one, like a source called the Santa Monica Observer. That is such a classic newspaper name. Like on its face, I could see that being so confusing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it sounds like your local newspaper. Like, there's ones where it's like. Now, of course, I'm not going to think of one that's like. No, super it's true. On point of
1: that, I have. You like, know what I mean? Like, I have conservative family members who literally will be like, "Well, I read this article and it's called." And then they were like, "Name the source," and I'm like. This is not an actual news source. Like, and I get it. Some of them do sound, yeah, like any, like a normal type of publication, but it's like, that's how they get you. Mm -hmm. They do.
0: Well, in this case, the article recycled a baseless claim that the personal life of Paul Pelosi, the speaker's husband, somehow played a role in an intruder's attack last week in the couple's San Francisco home, even though there's no evidence to support that claim. Musk did so in reply to a tweet by Hillary Clinton. Her tweet had criticized Republicans for generally spreading hate and deranged conspiracy theories and said, it is shocking but not surprising that violence is the result. In response to Clinton's tweet, Musk provided a link to the Santa Monica Observer article and added, there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye.
1: Like what? Um, My answer to like every conspiracy theorist is like, no, what if everything is just as it seems?
0: Just imagine, just
1: imagine. But what about that?
0: <laughs> uh, I just, uh, that would uh, talk about it. What tailspin. if there's a tiny I mean,
1: possibility there might be more to the story that means die? The so there's a tiny possibility that there might be more to the story and therefore the attack was what, justified? <laughs> what did you trying to say? It's like no
0: matter what, not justified. And here's the thing like half of, not even half the evidence, but like going in and saying, where is Nancy? So how. How does that connect to it being right. about Paul then? Like, that's right. not it. So in case, I, I would just honestly, if anything, recommend that he maybe watch like an episode of Law & Order ever and he'd be able to use the the logic, yeah. you know, just that. It doesn't take much to have common sense, but some
1: people don't, just don't have it. Yep, it's just not
0: available to them. Not an Mm -hmm. option. But regardless, the Los Angeles Times, the dominant news organization in Southern California area where the Observer is located, said the Observer is notorious for fake news. The exchange between Musk and Clinton occurred a day after Yoel Roth, Twitter's head of safety and integrity, tweeted about the company's policies towards slurs and hateful conduct were still in place. Bottom line up front, Twitter's policies haven't changed. Hateful conduct has no place here, Roth wrote. Shortly after Musk took control of Twitter, some accounts on the platform began tweeting messages ranging from racist slurs to political misinformation, such as Trump won, to see what Twitter will now tolerate. Musk himself said Friday that he would form a content moderation council for Twitter and promise advertisers that the website would not devolve into a free-for-all hellscape. Musk has also described himself as a free speech absolutist. But at least one major advertiser, General Motors, has said it will suspend advertising on Twitter while it monitors the direction of the platform under Musk. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Also, on Sunday, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Minnesota Democrat, said on NBC's Meet the Press that she didn't trust Musk to Twitter. Yeah, me neither, dude. Me neither. Referring to anti-Semitic attacks and QAnon conspiracy theory that were advanced online by DePape, the suspect in the attack, Clubisher said, "I think you have to have some content moderation." Elon Musk has said now that he's going to start a content moderation board. The center said that was one good sign, but I continue to be concerned about that. I just don't think people should be making money off of passing on this stuff that's a bunch of lies. Yeah,
1: this is I a also moment. Just don't trust
0: him to create an actual,
1: like, diverse board that would. This is the moment, too. What if uh, everyone just stops using Twitter? Like, I just feel like that should happen at this point. If it's going to be this bad, if it's going to be a platform where this shit is allowed, why would you want to be on it? Totally. Well, I've seen a handful, honestly, I haven't been out like much on social media
0: this weekend, but I have seen a few like reports or actions on like instead of being like, yep, I'm leaving Twitter. Yep, sorry, see ya. And I've also seen a few people be like, well, we, like, don't abandon ship. Like, let's try and be the norm in there to, like, regulate it in a sense. And it's like... Yeah, but think a- about it.
1: The, if, like, a lot of people, millions, stop Especially, using Twitter. Because yeah. well, also- I would assume that that millions of people generally aren't for hate speech. So if, like, you're not for hate speech, yeah. you should just delete your Twitter. And then that literally can take the power away from the platform. Advertisers, money, it goes. It goes when you go. There you know? also
0: is a rumor... That I saw like about an hour ago about that idea that people that want to be verified on the platform have to pay $20 a month, which I thought was really interesting. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that could be a way that then you're getting around the advertisers because, but then it's like, mm. well, then how are you, how are you verifying these people? What is this really just, it's a pay for play situation here? Because that's how
1: that doesn't seem, then, then it,
0: it degrades verifying someone's account. It, uh, yeah. the whole purpose of that.
1: So, well, what's crazy too is I also saw that I'm just really this whole Twitter thing is so interesting, and they're getting ready for laying off 25% of the company. And that is just really interesting to me. Like, why? Right? Like, what's so. 25%? Right. That's a lot of fucking people. Why such a turnover? Totally. Anyways, that is going to be interesting to see play out if you are on Twitter, if you're seeing things that you don't like to see. I just I would suggest just getting the fuck off the app. I don't we don't have Twitter because of just the vibes that it already gave off. But now, given the fact that more kind of hate speech or even like a kind of bullying rhetoric or just all of that is going to be allowed even more. So it's like I just I don't see the appeal personally, but. That's 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 my opinions on the matter. But moving on, Supreme Court is back back in action and are currently hearing arguments around affirmative action. So the future of affirmative action in higher education is on the table as the Supreme Court waits into the admissions program as the at the nation's oldest public and private universities. So affirmative action is a series of policies that aim to increase the opportunities provided to under underrepresented members of society. So again, the justices are hearing arguments Monday and challenges to policies at the University of North Carolina and Harvard that consider race among many factors in evaluating applications for admission. Following the overturn of the nearly 50-year president of Roe v. Wade in June, the cases offer another test of whether the court now dominated by conservatives will move the law to the right on another of the nation's most contentious cultural issues. So the Supreme Court has twice upheld race-conscious college admissions programs in the past 19 years, including just six years ago. But that was before three appointees of President Donald Trump joined, as well as Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the court's first Black woman. Lower courts upheld the programs at both UNC and Harvard, rejecting claims that the school is discriminated against white and Asian-American applicants. The cases are brought by conservative activist Edward Blum, who also was behind an earlier affirmative action challenge against the University of Texas, as well as the case that led the court in 2013 to end the use of a key provision of the landmark Voting Rights Act. 9 states already prohibit any consideration of race in admissions to public colleges and universities including Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, and Washington. In 2020, California voters easily rejected a ballot measure to bring back affirmative action, and the public opinion on the topic varies depending on how you, how the question is asked. So a Gallup poll from 2021 found 62% of Americans are in favor of affirmative action programs for racial minorities. But then in a Pew Research Center survey in March, 74% of Americans, including majorities of Black and Latino respondents, said race and ethnicity should not factor into college admissions. And a decision in the affirmative action case is not expected before late spring.
0: Well, definitely interesting. A case to certainly watch.
1: And this is a this is definitely in the category of a classic girl in the gut. We'll
2: keep you updated.
1: Totally. Yeah, the affirmative action convo is definitely one we should... Get an episode on, especially given just the range of opinions these days. Like, if you mm-hmm. even just looking at the states where it's prohibited California, Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Washington, Oklahoma, like, obviously, very different states politically. And then, yeah, I remember in 2020, we voted on this and it was rejected pretty heavily. So, it's definitely an interesting so was this like a, a California. This was, yeah, a proposition. And yeah, it's just interesting, the range of opinions, and we'll keep you updated moment again, but also a reminder to keep an eye on the Supreme Court because they are hearing all of these, these big cases that definitely will affect people's lives, just like they already have done this year. So, yeah. Well, amazingly, we do have to mention
0: something that's very orange, and it, no, it is not Pumpkin's. It's not pumpkins, which I know might be confusing because we're coming off Halloween, but we do have to talk about Trump for a hot sec. Specifically, the Trump Organization going to trials. So for years, this Donald Trump was soaring from reality TV star to the White House. His real estate empire was bankrolling big perks for some of his most trusted senior executives, including apartments and luxury cars. Now, Trump's company, the Trump Organization, is on trial this week for criminal tax fraud. On the hook for what prosecutors say was a 15 year scheme by top officials to hide the plums and avoid paying taxes. What the plums? What a phrase. What a phrase. Opening statements and the first witnesses are expected Monday in New York, aka today. Last week, 12 jurors and six alternates were picked for the case, the only criminal trial to arise from the Manhattan District Attorney's three year investigation of the former president. It's one of the three active cases involving Trump or the Trump Organization in New York courts. Among the key prosecution witnesses, Trump's longtime finance chief, Alan Weisselberg, who pleaded guilty and has agreed to testify against the company in exchange for a five-month jail sentence. Interesting. He must not have looked good in orange despite being associated with this orange man. That's how I'm seeing that one. If convicted, the Trump organization could be fined more than $1 million and could face difficulty in securing new loans and deals. Some partners and government entities could seek to cut ties with the company could also hamper its ability to do business with the U.S. Secret Service, or sometimes pays the company for lodging and services while protecting Trump as a former president. Neither Trump nor any of his children who have worked at, as Trump organization executives are charged or accused of wrongdoing. Trump is not expected to testify or even attend the trial. Beyond the criminal case, Trump the Trump organizations are defendants in a lawsuit brought by the New York Attorney General Letitia James, who alleges that Trump and the company inflated his net worth by billions of dollars, misled banks, and alleged for years about the value of various assets. A hearing in that case is scheduled for Thursday. Okay, so basically what I just read from that is even, even if this is a guilty verdict, like the consequences just don't seem that brave.
1: No, and it's not, and yeah, it's not even directly... On yeah. Trump, but we've sure. kind of known this. This was kind of like the, yeah, totally. the case that was lower on the docket for him of like what could actually get him in jail or in trouble. And the other cases are still still very much in the works, a.k.a. the F- Trump-X-FBI collab, a Mar-a-Lago, classic. and the January 6th insurrection stuff. So they're but still... You
0: know, you know what I love about that collab? Mm-hmm. It's not like a limited time edition. It's like a continual, like it's always stocked. No matter what, you want to get Trump Times' like
1: FBI investigation always in stock. 100%. The FBI is not steering away from the Trump ex-FBI club. So definitely an evergreen product that we can count on and rely on. But those are our top stories of of the week. Tune in tomorrow for an awesome episode. And before we introduce our guest for tomorrow, I will just say... You should join our brand ambassador program. There are no requirements, but you can join our community of all the girlies wanting to continue to get civically engaged, get action items, share resources, or just shoot the shit with young women across the nation. And also, if you're interested in working in politics, there are political networking opportunities and just ways that we can continue to all push forward this mission and this brand to... Rebrand politics and make it easier for everybody to, to get involved. If that is of interest to you, then you can go to com and go to the Brand Ambassador page. Learn a little bit more about it and sign up. And then we will be meeting you via Zoom.
0: What she said. Um, also, one last thing is there is still time to get your merch, your social goods from Girl on the Gov. Mm-hmm. Merch, your hats, your stickers your pop sockets, your tote bags you know the deal basically friends don't let friends miss elections and you can remind them with some great swag so go check it out then let's see let me see what happens after that oh, wait. take some pics and tag us send them
1: our way we'd love to see them yes of your voting stickers be, too when you go vote please, yes voting outfits voting stickers any other voting content that you do take do send it over our way we would love to feature you on our pages. But do you want to introduce our guest for tomorrow? Let's do it.
0: Our guest tomorrow is Angela Lang, and she is the executive director at Block. So, if you're interested in a conversation on organizing, relational organizing, especially, this is going to be a great one to tune into. And Angela is just freaking amazing. So, you're going to oh. love it. It's such a fun conversation. And yeah, won't want to miss it. Oh, yeah, I mean, last thing, if you've made it this far, rate and review, please. It helps us grow. So Yes, definitely. You can even definitely. tell everyone how hungover I am on this recording. Yeah. It's okay. That can be a review. Yeah.
1: Five stars, great hangover. You know, it's fine. Sometimes we perform best when we're hungover, so everything's okay. But before we go and before we say goodbye, just a reminder to not let your friends miss elections. Mm-hmm. That's it. Two to Toodles.
0: Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to GirlInTheGov.com or visiting this episode's description.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator